BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. Welcome to another edition of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are in the heart of draft season. Getting you ready to dominate your draft, your auction, however you like to play. We are here to support you. And by we, I mean myself, Paul Charchi, and my co-hosts today are Scott Fish and Brian Johnson. Hello, guys. What's going on? What up, boys? Nice to talk to you. We begin each show by taking a tour around the training camps and letting people know what's happening with each of the 32 teams. But we will also tell you a lot of other things over the course of the show, including... What are every team's tendencies inside the five-yard line and why you should care and you should? We'll play our usual three tough questions. We've got our blacklist, guys that we will not draft, guys we never end up with, guys we don't like, that are household names that are potentially sitting on your roster and we'll make our case for why we won't draft these guys. We'll also talk about the traits of a running back bust and we will unveil our sleepers. Lots of stuff to get to over the remaining better part of two hours. This very meaty show. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's start with our training camp information from each of the teams in the league, beginning with the Carolina Panthers. Brian? Uh, not a lot of major news coming out of Carolina. I'm not going to talk about Dan Arnold, believe it or not, either. Oh, thank uh, God. Rob, Robbie An- Anderson did sign a two-year, uh, $29.5 million contract extension. People were writing off Robbie Anderson based on uh, Terrace mm-hmm. Fish's boy, Terrace Marshall's yep. strong camp. But uh, Robbie's not going anywhere. You know, a little little undervalued in, in drafts right now. I, I think, think that's I think that's accurate. Scott, let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so uh, Waller, after missing, uh, Darren Waller, after missing a ton of practices, like nine or ten in a row, he is back. He's making plays. Uh, you can stuff those worries in a sack. He's mm-hmm. he's all fine. But also, uh, Brian Edwards appears to be Carr's go-to among the wide receivers, so maybe for a late round in a deep uh, deep draft. Yeah, um, my sack was never worried about 
uh, about Waller. Just to be just to be clear about that. I think that's an old George Costanza thing, right? I, like stuff him in a sack or I, whatever. Maybe that is. I don't know. Uh, let's go to the Packers. AJ Dillon looked good in the preseason and is, and is expected to see a wildly expanded role this year. Interestingly, he was targeted three times in last weekend's preseason game. He was only targeted three times all last year. And so it may be that he's going to be a little more of a pass-catching threat than he was allowed to be last year. And a lot of times it takes a little bit of faith in the coaching staff, from the coaching staff, in order for a player to get passes thrown to them, to be allowed to be on the field for pass-blocking duties. And maybe A.J. AJ Dillon is expanding into that role. Let's go over to the Washington football team, Brian. Curtis Samuel uh, has basically missed all of camp. He's been hampered by a groin uh, issue and COVID, uh, but uh, Ron Rivera says uh, he's pretty optimistic that Samuel returns, quote-unquote, sometime next week. Sounds real promising. I don't know. So uh, Samuel's running out of time to get ready for the season. So Yeah, new team, too. Now, granted, old system. He knows the system and the terminology and everything else, but still. And also, real quick, out of Washington, Stu Beard, not officially named the week one starter yet, Charge. That's absurd. How's your sack feeling about that one? Uh, I have sad sack. (laughs) Right. Let's go to wow. the let's go to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so in the Singletary versus Zach Moss lovely battle that we love, uh, Singletary started and played 18 of the first 20 snaps, Ooh. but only touched the ball three times. <laughs> and then Zach Moss came in for the next 20 or so and touched the ball four times. So oh, man, y- it's really tough to love this. this might be a right lose. Now. It might be a lose lose, which would be disappointing. Uh, for the Texans, media reports say that they will keep Deshaun Watson on their 53-man roster. He's working with the third and fourth team in practice, which indicates the team does not likely plan to use him. They can't release Watson. They can't IR Watson. So they're kind of in a jam here, and they'll almost certainly try to put him on the commissioner's exemption list. But I don't think he can by the by. He might the rules not be eligible. Be because it, we can go into that later. Yes. And so it th- sounds like he's not eligible for it. Yep. And so Houston might be a jam. They might have to waste one of their f- precious 53-man roster spots on Deshaun Watson and maybe, hopefully, ultimately trade him. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of a quiet camp for the defending champs as well. Uh, the starters, the big names, have combined to play to six offensive snaps so far Ooh. this preseason. But uh, wow. all, all the household names for Tampa Bay should play a full half on Saturday night. So we'll get to see uh, how rusty they are. But it seems like they're, <laughs> they've just been partying this whole time since they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, we'll see them on Saturday night. All right. Uh, Scott. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones working with the first team, maybe a late-round guy. But I I think the only thing I want to note here is this is the first year Baker Mayfield's going to have the same coach and coordinators in back-to-back seasons. Oh. so And last year he had his best touchdown-to-interception ratio. You know, you got to imagine it improves. Maybe maybe there's upside. I'm so glad you brought him up because he's going off the board as roughly quarterback like 17, 18. If you take out those monsoon, cold weather, you know, like late October, early November, quasi-blizzard condition stuff. Right. He's actually a really consistent fantasy producer. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin Stefanski's goal last year was to just build confidence in Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. not ask him to do too much, lean heavily on the running game. I think Stefanski's going to loosen up the reins a bit here. Odell Beckham returns. There's mm-hmm. some real tangible upside in Baker yeah, Mayfield. there is. Let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz returned to practice and looks increasingly like he will be the team's week one starter. He's already practicing with the first team. And kicker Rodrigo Blankenship won the kicking job over Eddie Pinheiro 
Although I think Pinheiro may surface somewhere else. He was actually really good, too. Uh, so right now, signs pointing up on, on Carson Wentz in this offense. Next up, the Detroit Lions. That was way too much kicker talk for this show. Just that one. one Not sentence. enough. I'm going to bring up more. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell, uh, Dan Campbell, very concerned about DeAndre Swift's availability for week one against the 49ers. Swift has missed a lot of time this month uh, nursing a, a groin issue. Uh, so fire up your Jamal Williams shares and uh, keep an eye on Jamar Jefferson, too, rookie running back for Detroit. And shocker, also a groin issue for Tyrell Williams already. Oh, but he's expected back next week, but he'll he's expected to be out again the following week, I'm sure. <laughs> You're just projecting <laughs> him yeah. to be out then. I'm on Raw. All right. Scott, let's uh, head over to the New York Jets. All right. Uh, so Michael Carter right now, who we, we seem to like on this show, mm-hmm. is currently listed as the third running back on the depth chart, and he came in the game as the fourth running back. Yeah. <laughs> Way deep in the game in the second half, even after LaMichael Pirine. Uh, Coleman and Ty Jansen, uh, Johnson appear to be the starters. Uh, beat reporters have stated they believe it's going to be a three-headed monster this season. It's which, not. Which, it might start that way. Yes. But it's uh, not going to end that way. Yes. We Fantasy analysts all assume that Carter's going to emerge, but, I mean, we've seen these timeshares linger far longer than they should. In Kansas City, I know I'm the only guy in the universe talking about Byron Pringle. And I you know, won't give me the opportunity to talk about Byron Pringle, and I'll bend your ear for a long time. He's looked good, including leading the Chiefs in receptions in the last preseason game. He's also been a camp standout at various times. Somebody's going to walk into the starting job left behind by Sammy Watkins. I think, and, and Mecole Hardman's already been rostered. If you've already had your draft, Mecole Ro- uh, Hardman's already been rostered. Right. And maybe it's going to be him. Or maybe Mecole Hardman just does exactly what he's been doing. And Byron Pringle wins that number two job. Uh, consider picking him up or drafting him with the last the this, last pick. Especially in your if he takes over Sammy Watkins' week one role. Well, yeah, exactly. You can start him for one week. <laughs> Byron Pringle. Let's uh, head next to the Seahawks. Reports out of uh, Seahawks camp are that uh, tight end Gerald Everett is becoming a favorite target of Russell Wilson. And uh, Wilson has kind of always leaned on his tight ends, but it's kind of been a revolving door mm-hmm. of uh, players. He's never had a guy at tight end, and that might be Gerald Everett, who right now is going off the board roughly as tight end 25. He's uh, essentially free. A lot, a lot of tight ends out there this season. Uh, Scott, I think I know what you're going to say about the Denver Broncos. Uh, we've, got, t- we've got the wrong quarterback. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. <sighs> Teddy's the starter. Great for Judy, less so for Sutton, but Sutton still seems hurt and, and a little bit hesitant in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon's also ailing. Fant is ailing, but everybody should be ready for week one. But yeah, it's, it's Teddy. It's Teddy. One touchdown pass a game across his career. One. Yeah, I, I like that the coaching staff said uh, Locke had improved greatly, and I'm like, improved so much that he's not quite as good as Teddy Bridgewater, apparently. If that's how you feel about an improved Drew Locke, yeah. why didn't the Broncos draft Justin Fields? Exactly, yep. If Teddy wins a Super Bowl, guaranteed he gets a Hollywood biopic. Picture me about, <laughs> right? Probably. He better. The Rams, Sean McVay clarified that Daryl Henderson remains the lead back even after acquiring Sony Michelle. So shortly after Cam Akers' injury, McVay did say that he he had to be cautious about Henderson's usage, and I think this move reflects that. Let's head to the Eagles next. Uh, Quez Watkins, wide receiver, yeah. running with the first team offense yep. as the slot receiver. Travis Fulgham was uh, everyone's, you know, he was the hot pickup last year, but uh, mm-hmm. he's essentially uh, on the bubble. But uh, yeah, Quez Watkins, fantasy relevant. He is he fantasy goes. relevant. I added him to the uh, the Guillotine League cheat sheet, and there there's uh, Quez Watkins. Is, now it's is official on, on radars. 
Miami Dolphins, Scott. Yeah, so Gaskin is getting a ton of work, including receiving work. He only played 19 snaps, all with the first team in the last preseason game. 10 touches, 71 yards, 4 catches, 2 touchdowns. He was all over everything. Uh, and it also sounds like Jalen Waddell has a great connection with Tua. Will uh, impact right away. He's been the only healthy receiver, though. So People concerned with the platoon there in Miami, they're out of their mind. Gaskin. Oh, it's, it's all Gaskin. Yeah. Yep. For the Vikings, Adam Thielen's got this thigh injury that uh, happened uh, early in the second preseason game. It's kept him out of the third preseason game, and it's not a given he's going to be available for week one. So just keep this on your radar that you need to watch this. The deep thigh bruise, we've seen guys get sidelined for months on this injury. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Vikings have no obligation to disclose anything about the severity of it. So we don't know for sure. So hopefully it's nothing, but just keep an eye on Adam Thielen and the status of his injury. Next up, the Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott, supposedly a full go with the, the ankle and the shoulder issues, are going to take the kitty gloves off of Dak. I'm still a little concerned about uh, Prescott. We'll talk about him a little more later in the show. Sounds good. Scott, how about New England? Oh, there's so many things here. We got the palindrome QB battle, the Mac versus Cam. Mac Ooh, v Cam. I like it. Yeah, I never uh, thought about that. Yeah, neither had I until this last week. Mm. I, I realized that they were backwards of each other, but yeah, Mac v Cam. Uh, it seems like Mac has uh, started to take the lead, especially after five days of uh, Cam Newton missing practices. Uh, Bill Belichick didn't deny a platoon at quarterback, maybe like a Winston taste some kind gross. of deal, which will be gross for everybody. Um, but my, my main thing is the Michelle treat opens up the door for uh, Ramon J. Stevenson taking the second snaps after, the, you know, after Harris. Yeah, it could. Stevenson's look good. Let's go to the Saints. Jameis Winston has uh, officially moved ahead of Taysom Hill, and he is expected to be your starter. Winston's a dramatically better passer, and this is good news for fantasy owners for sure. Last weekend's connection with Marquez Callaway looked very promising. Callaway looks like the starter. Currently unclear if Traquan Smith's undisclosed injury will allow him to play in the opener. And then also we're monitoring Adam Troutman's foot injury. That is, I think, more likely to keep him out. So there's still a lot of moving parts here, but they got the right guy. Unlike the Broncos, they got the right guy as the starter in New Orleans. Next up, the Giants. Yeah, Dave Gettleman's House of Horrors. Uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, hamstring issue, went down 25 days ago, roughly 25 yeah, days ago. That's, that, that's beyond his two- to three-week timetable. He's we had so given. many hamstring issues. So, yeah. Not looking likely for that he's going to be a, a full go for week one. So, yeah, Kenny Galladay falling down draft boards. Sterling Shepard going way too cheap. The, he is going like, too cheap. The one giant I pretty much trust this year based on ADP, Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the Titans next. Not much here. Mostly just that Julio and A.J. Brown have been, you know, banged up, but they should be ready to go for the season. Julio banged up? No. Yeah. Steelers rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth is impressed and was used in the red zone in the last preseason game. He's got this big six foot five frame that makes him a potential end zone target throughout his career. Although mostly I think you're aiming in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, you're aiming Empire Leagues, you're aiming for 2022 with Fryermuth. After Eric Ebron's contract expires, he's going to be gone next year. And then Fryermuth's your full-time starter. But good early signs for Pat Fryermuth. Let's go to the Falcons next. Running back Javian Hawkins was let go. He was uh, kind of a, a sleeper favorite to maybe win the backup job. But that's clearly going to go to Quadri Allison now. As, uh, he's the RB2 behind Mike Davis. That is until 
Atlanta signs Latavius Murray. That's just a prediction of mine, but uh, okay. I think the Saints There's let no him basis go. in fact on no. that, is what you're saying. And uh, Josh Rosen, still in the league, signed as the backup quarterback in Atlanta as well. Might as well throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I know some people are holding on to him in dynasty leagues, deep dynasty leagues. Just can't, can't be deep, deep enough. Uh, let's head over to the Bengals next. Rumors surfaced this week of Auden Tate seeing uh, more work early in the season as Chase gets used to things. Jamar Chase, who's struggled uh, so far in camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to remember, he hasn't played football in 20 months. It, you know, he's knocking some rust off. So I'm not too worried about him, but I do love T. Higgins a lot more right now. <laughs> <laughs> T. Higgins, I think, is going underdrafted. He really is. I, you know, I think yeah. when they, as soon as Chase hit the roster, people are like, oh, I'm done on T. Higgins. Higgins is sitting on he's that potentially guy. a very, one of those big second year wide receiver jumps. He was very good with Burrow. Very good. With Burrow. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> 49ers Kyle Shanahan is uh, opening. The notion of rotating quarterbacks, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, they they both got first-team reps in practice this week. Lance could be used like Taysom Hill was used last year. Still expect Jimmy Garoppolo to start, but Lance could be eased into the NFL in this fashion with spot duty and perhaps closer to the goal line, which would be bad for fantasy owners, frankly, because mm-hmm. that, that would make both of them unstartable. Next up, the Cardinals. Cardinals activated Andy Isabella from the reserve uh, COVID list, uh, but who really cares at this point? Uh, he might not even make the team. A former second-round pick a couple of years ago yeah, he's, by Arizona, clearly yeah. behind, obviously behind Hopkins, but A.J. Green, uh, Rondell Moore, and uh, Christian Kirk, all well ahead of uh, Andy Isabella, who is uh, on the roster bubble. Okay, Scott, the Jags. Trevor Lawrence has been named the starter, so Gardner Minshew can finally go to the bathroom. Uh, ETN, uh, injury opens the door for Chenault to uh, get work in maybe that Harvin role that Urban had pro- had planned for ETN. Might yeah. be some extra work there for Chenault. I hope so. Uh, he, had, he has slipped quite a bit in drafts. Yeah. Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens, where Marquise Brown is still not practicing four weeks after his hamstring injury. His status for the opener is unclear at this point. We already know Rashad Bateman's going to miss week one. Sammy Watkins missed practice this week with an undisclosed injury. Miles Boykin has missed weeks of practice with his own hamstring injury. It's been bad. Lamar Jackson in practice is taking first-team reps with Devin Duvernay and Tylen Wallace. I don't know who that is, and I do this for a living. What? Oklahoma State? <laughs> yeah, Tylen Wallace. Yes. Okay. Some people pronounce it Tillin. I think it is Tillin. Tillin? Tillin. Yeah. yeah, it's spelled yeah. T-Y-L-N. Yeah, he'll be Tillin your fantasy team. Let's go to the Bears. That's Sorry, that is me. Yes. Uh, I, I don't want to go to the Bears because they're making the most moronic move of all time by not starting Justin Fields in week one. They've already decided that will be Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. The end. I mean, how long until we see Justin Fields, though? Well, week two. Week two. Okay, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think that's hopefully quarter two, week one. <laughs> yeah, would he's be, going off the idea. board too late. Uh, let's go to our final team, and, the Los Angeles Chargers. Scott. And possibly one of the more important ones, according to reports from – a ton of sources, CBS, Athletic, Sports Illustrated, a bunch of beat reporters. This is how the backfield is looking. Eckler's the starter. Justin Jackson is his main backup. Mm-hmm. Kelly and Roundtree will be used in short yardage and goal line for the team. Oh, we don't want it. We do not want to hear anybody but Austin Eckler getting used at the that, goal line. That very much tracks with their skill sets and history, too. I know, unfortunately. I was hoping a new coaching staff would see it differently. Austin Eckler, you've seen it. You've seen him shirtless. Dude's built. He can run at the Mm -hmm. stripe. Let him. I'll believe it when I see it, or don't see it. Them using a healthy Eckler at the goal line. We'll we'll just see about that. When we come back, inside the five-yard line, 
We'll go through, we just ran through 32 teams. We're going to run through 32 teams again and tell you what you need to know about what your teams do inside the five-yard line when we return to Fantasy Football Weekly. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, and Brian Johnson with you. If you would like to use my personal cheat sheet at your draft, it's free at guillotineleagues.com. Gentlemen, as you know, for years, I have done deep dives on team tendencies from inside the five-yard line. And casual listeners may not realize just how crucial this information is. Why should you care about what happens inside the five-yard line? After all, there are 95 other yards, and those count too. Here's why you should care. Think for a moment about how many touchdowns you think were scored in the NFL from inside the five-yard line last year. We call this the infrared zone, too. Yeah, we like to call this the infrared zone. infrared zone. So put a number in your head. How many touchdowns were scored from inside the five-yard line last year? Do you think it was more than 100? Yes. Do you think it was more than 200? Yes. Do you think it could be more than 300 touchdowns scored in the NFL from inside the five-yard line last year? Because I've been in training camp year over year? Yes, I do. <laughs> Cheater. 
last year, 629 touchdowns Jeez. were scored from inside the five-yard line. See, I wouldn't Which even think that staggering. many touchdowns are scored score in the NFL. Period, right? I know. It's crazy. You need to have a part of those. These are the easy touchdowns. The inside the five are the easy ones. Guys who have to score from distance, and maybe we were just talking about Austin Eckler last segment. If Austin Eckler has to score from distance, that materially hurts his fantasy production. 628 touchdowns. We care. So we're going to give you the one thing you need to know from each of the teams from inside the five-yard line based uh, a lot on what the tendencies are from last season. Let's begin with Brian and the Carolina Panthers. Well, as we all remember, uh, Carolina basically sans Christian McCaffrey last year, played two two or three games, but still uh, Carolina had the third highest rushing ratio inside the five uh, last year. Teddy Bridgewater only attempted three passes from inside the five. Which is unreal to only throw three passes inside the five of the year. Um, And Teddy can throw that far. (laughs) Yes, he can. Uh, But, of course, a new quarterback in Sam Darnold, a new uh, end zone weapon in D. Arnold, Dan Arnold, and uh, Terrace Marshall as well is a serious threat in the red zone. So maybe mm. Carolina throws a little more. But last yeah. year, very run heavy. And, of course, as of right now, Christian McCaffrey back. So lots of opportunities for CMC. Looks like they are on the horizon. So I think you should take them high in your drafts this year. Scott, what do you guys think of that? how about the Las Vegas Raiders from inside the five-yard line? This one's really interesting because Jacobs uh, and Drake were both top five in carries inside the five and inside the 10 last year, but on different teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacobs has the better build for for that kind of role, but Drake was much more effective than, than Jacobs was last yes. year. Um, I think we're going to see how it shakes out. I would expect Jacobs to, to keep that role because he's been in that role in that offense already, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, Jacobs, I think, converted. He had 28%, like 20, I think. Yeah, 28% percent of his carries inside the five were touchdowns you want to be at 50 percent. you want to know what jake was 43 percent. that was drake yep yeah that's better maybe that's better it's it's better it's not (laughs) great but it's better okay let's go to green bay aaron Rodgers threw the most passes from inside the five get this we just talked about teddy threw three passes from inside the five aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers threw 30 times from inside the five and scored 20 touchdowns he had more touchdowns from inside the five than Teddy Bridgewater had, period. Devontae Adams led all receivers in targets, receptions, and touchdowns from inside the five. Let's head to Washington next. Brian? Washington. Antonio Gibson scored on half of his carries inside the five last year. As good. you guys were just saying, 50%, 50% very, a very good rate. And uh, mm-hmm. Washington had the fourth highest rush rate from inside the five. That is very good when it comes to uh, – Rostering Antonio Gibson, you're going to get a lot of opportunities inside the five. Next up, let's go to Buffalo. So uh, the the carries inside the five were split very evenly between uh, Moss and Mm -hmm. Allen. (laughs) Not Singletary. Let's keep him out of the equation. Moss and Allen. Allen with a a much higher conversion rate. But with that new $258 million deal, the question now becomes, do the Bills continue to allow those runs? Do they allow them to run Mm -hmm. in seven, eight times? Or do they try or be, or do they, you know, do they allow him because that's what they paid him to do? That's what works. Or do they, you know, try to protect their investment? I'd like to think they'll try Zach Moss early in the season and see if Zach Moss can be effective at the goal line. And if he is, keep using him that way yeah. and keep the miles and, and all the all the tackles and all the hits off of their star and now right. very expensive quarterback. For the Texans, Deshaun Watson's probably out of the mix. He takes seven 
inside the five rushes with him. And so you ask, will will runners get more chances then? Well, David Johnson was really bad last year. He turned 12 carries into just four scores. Since not David Johnson, Philip Lindsay's not really built for goal line use. So does it go to Mark Ingram? Is that possible? Ugh. Could he be a dark horse to come out of this thing with goal line carries? The Houston Ugh. backfield just doesn't exist in my mind. I'm just yeah, not going to acknowledge any of those <laughs> <laughs> Let's instead acknowledge Tampa Bay. That's another frustrating backfield. Yeah. Is it Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette at the goal line? So let's look at last year's data. They both had eight carries from inside the five. Mm-hmm. They bo- both scored five touchdowns. So, all right, so no help there. No help there at all. Okay. Uh, Gio Bernard now in town. Unlikely uh, a goal line threat, though. So I don't know. Pick your poison between Rojo and, and Leo. But uh, see, see, what you do is you take your 25th anniversary uh, Fantasy Football well, Weekly we, coin, coin. There you, yeah. go. you definitely should have purchased if yes. you did, and flip that thing. Figure it out. Scott, let's try Cleveland. What do we need to about, know about their tendencies inside the five? Yeah, let's let's keep that coin out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and let's talk about how Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt within a couple carries of each other, and mm. they had almost exactly the same amount of carries and conversion rate. So, And I don't see any change. I don't see any change there at all. Oh, I think why change it's it? going to slightly lean Chubb, but that's what it's going to be. If Chubb marches down the field, they need, he needs a break. Hunt, they think Hunt is perfectly capable. And he is. Yeah. For the Colts, Naheem Hines got a depressing seven carries inside the five last year, which is inexplicable. But he only scored two times from inside the five. And once Jonathan Taylor went on his December run, Naheem Hines got no carries inside the five. Mm. So hopefully that was all mirage, and we're not going to see Naheem Hines there, and Jonathan Taylor is going to just – House all those inside the five carries. Let's go next to the Detroit Lions, Brian. Adrian Peterson and Carrion Johnson uh, now gone from Detroit. Uh, they have vacated 18 carries from inside the five yards. That's line. a lot. That's a, 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 a lot for sure. And, uh, mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift was very successful last year, scoring on six of his nine runs from inside the five last year. But as we talked about last segment, he's looking very iffy for week one, maybe mm-hmm. week two and beyond. So, Again, Jamal Williams, Jermar Jefferson, even bump them up your uh, your boards. All right. Scott, let's go to the Jets next. Can we not? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the Jets only had 14 total carries inside the five last year, which is not a little bit hilarious. There's only one team worse, and I'll talk about them in a bit. But uh, Ty Johnson is the only running back on the team who had a single carry inside the five last year. He was back with the team. He's currently running as the top, top back, but I would expect Michael Carter to be able to take that role. For the Chiefs, they're all of their runners together, all of the runners on roster combined for two touchdowns from inside the five-yard line. Yeah, You know how hard it is to do that when you are the highest? I think they were the second-highest scoring team last year. Yeah, That's insane. That's going to change. It has to change, right? But will it change via Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or somebody else? Mm -hmm. Let's go to the Seahawks. Brian? Chris Carson, since 2018, has uh, accumulated 33 carries from inside the five for the Seahawks. Nice. All other Seattle runners during that time span have combined for 22. So right. Carson is the guy. He is. He just needs – maybe if Chris and yet Carson – nobody wants him. Maybe if they had Chris Carson instead of Marshawn Lynch in that Super Bowl, they would have given Chris Carson <laughs> the ball at uh, the goal line uh, instead of deciding to lose the game instead. Uh, but, again, Carson only six carries uh, from inside the five last year. Only played 12 games. He's got to stay healthy. But if he does, he is the guy for Seattle.
Scott, next up, the Broncos. Much like the Jets, the Broncos only ran it 13 times inside the five last mm-hmm. year. They just did not get down to the stripe for, for to run the ball that much. Uh, Melvin Gordon had over half of them. He's still there. Javante Williams is very well suited for that role. Very That's well perfect su- yes, for him. Yes, it is. Oh, um, man, I, I, I would know. expect possibly a split early on, but if Javante Williams proves effective, he could take that. Let's hope so. For the Rams, since Sean McVay took over in 2017, the Rams have the most rushing plays and the most rushing touchdowns from inside the five. That bodes well for Daryl Henderson. We're going to mm-hmm. talk maybe Sony Michelle. I don't want to tip my mm-hmm. hand yet, but that's mm-hmm. that's topic's going to come up again later. Next up, Brian, the Eagles. Sort of a small sample size for Jalen Hurts last year, but uh, he only had one carry from inside the five for negative two yards, so he doesn't seem like a huge threat to his running backs, primarily Miles Sanders as, you know, how Josh Allen is a threat to Zach Moss or something along those lines. Miles Sanders only had four carries uh, inside the five last year. He was banged up for a good amount of the season, but scored twice, 50% clip. He he should be the guy inside the five, but again, not too worried about Hurts taking those goal line uh, touches from from, from Sanders. Scott, let's go to the Dolphins next. So last year, Miami really used a one-back approach. When it was Ahmed in, he got almost all the goal line work. When it was Gaskin, he got almost all the goal line work. When you say in, you mean who was the lead back that who, game? Ex- who was the exactly. healthy lead back in who, that The game? healthy lead back. They took a mm-hmm. one-back approach. The The lead back of that game was the the one they used at the stripe. And it... It appears to be Gaskin's job right now. Both Gaskin and Ahmed are getting work with the first team, but it it really does appear to be Gaskin's job. In Minnesota last year, no team ran the ball more than the Minnesota Vikings. 38 carries from inside the five-yard line last year, and that's a lot of why Dalvin Cook is so safe in fantasy leagues. I'll note Adam Thielen, get this, He scored on seven of eight targets from inside the five. That's an amazing rate, and it goes to show that they continue can continue to use Thielen that way. Next up, let's go to the Dallas Cowboys, Brian. I'm not going to look into too much what happened inside the five last year because the Cowboys' offensive line was basically non-existent. They were all gone. All, all the regulars were not mm-hmm. playing for the most part, but they, they all make their return this year. Uh, left tackle Tyron Smith comes back after playing just 154 snaps. Uh, right tackle Lyle Collins missed all of 2020 due to hip surgery. He is back. It'll still be Zeke at the stripe. He, he didn't have the most success last year, but again, the line was not uh, in full form. Tony Pollard, not so much a concern at the goal line, and I don't yeah. think they want Dak Prescott handle many goal line touches coming off a shoulder injury. So no. I'm sleeping on Zeke a little too much. Maybe we'll we'll see. But all uh, right. Final one for this segment. Scott, tell people about what the Patriots are like inside the five yard line. What's the one thing they need to know? The Patriots are very much Cam Newton based. So if he doesn't get the start, I would expect the big bulldozing Ramondre Stevenson to get it. If, it, unless Damian Harris is built for uh, that too. He he is. He got some work there last year, but it could be a split and it could be gross. But it could be even grosser if Bill Belichick decides he wants to bring Cam Newton in, in that area. Oh, wouldn't that be a disaster if he brings in Cam at the goal line? Oh, that'd be so frustrating. Cam had last year 22 carries from inside the five. Only two players, both running backs, had more carries from inside the five yeah. than the Patriots quarterback That's I was going. did. It was basically all Cam. <laughs> yes, it was all Cam last year. Let's hope he is a total non-factor this year. When we come back, we'll continue telling you the one thing you need to know about team tendencies from inside the five as Fantasy Football Weekly continues.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com. Brian Johnson, guillotineleagues.com. And Scott Fish is our third co-host today. This is segment number two of what's happening inside the five-yard line. What is the one thing you need to know from every team from inside the five? There were a whopping 628 touchdowns scored from inside the five last year. You need to know because we love easy touchdowns, Mm -hmm. and those are easy touchdowns. Breaking news, we like touchdowns in fantasy football. I know, hard to believe, right? Before we jump into uh, jump into the final set of teams that we want to talk about from inside the five, a reminder that it's a perfect time to join a guillotine league. As you probably know, 18 teams start the season. There's no head-to-head. And instead of teams playing each other, the low team that scores each week gets cut and all their players go to the waiver wire. And there, everybody else, it's pandemonium as you're feasting on an entire draft of players might be Alvin Kamara, Josh Allen, Mike Evans, Chris Carson, Kenny Galladay, all hitting the waiver wire in one week. It's crazy. That's the premise of the Guillotine League. All you have to do is not be last in any given week, and the last team standing wins the whole thing. You can go to guillotineleagues.com to find private leagues, public leagues, whatever prize level you want to play for, all available at guillotineleagues.com. Should we talk about the the new super chop format very quickly? Sure, let's do it real quick. Uh, you, you, it's a, a smaller league, twelve team league, and you do your draft and you survive uh, through week eleven, and then you advance to the playoffs against eleven other finalists, and you do a brand new draft for mm-hmm. the playoff period. 
in November, which is pretty sweet. We uh, there's a hundred dollar super chop contest in the lobby, and I highly yeah, suggest six thousand dollar grand prize. That's our high stakes version of guillotine leagues. Let's go to. I believe the team we left off on was the New York Giants from inside the five-yard line. Scott? No, nope, that's me. No, it's Brian. Sorry, Brian. Unfortunately, i got to talk about the Giants again. Uh, only only the Jets threw fewer passes inside the five than the Giants did last year. And, of course, Saquon Barkley basically missed the whole season. Um, but th- there was success, in, success inside the five for the Giants. Evan Engram, one carry for a touchdown. Mm. Devonta Freeman, one carry for a touchdown. Deion Lewis, three carries for two touchdowns. Alfred Morris, one carry for a touchdown. Gross. So if Barkley stays healthy or gets healthy. Gets all of or, that work. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll, he, he, he could be looking at a, a nice season. But another guy I'm very worried about. We'll talk about him a little later as well. All right. Next. Scott. The Tennessee Titans, Scott. Oh, the Titans are easy. Henry got over 70% of the carries, yep. converted over 50% of those. It's all him. It's all him. <laughs> How did he not have like 98% yeah, 70, of the carries? 70% right? seems light. Yeah, I know. It, it really does. It really well, Johnny Smith was getting them. That's why. Oh, yeah. John <laughs> Smith did get some. Oh, and, yeah, like two. and then Tannehill probably Tannehill, got yeah, some. Yeah. I don't think Darrington Evans got any. No. He didn't, he didn't get probably like any one Jared McNichols or something. The Saints from inside the five, we still have to sweat Taysom Hill. Even though Jameis Winston is going to be the starter. Even when he wasn't starting, he was still getting carries inside the five. And last year, Taysom Hill had nine carries inside the five. He scored six times. That's a good return, good efficiency. And unfortunately, that's what we're stuck with with Taysom Hill. And that might continue to be a problem for Jameis Winston owners. Next up, Brian, the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, Todd Gurley had the seventh most rushes inside the five, 17. Uh, scored just six times, though. That's one of the reasons he's not in town anymore in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But will Mike Davis have more success? I don't think so because now Kyle Pitts is in town, and all they're going to do is throw to him inside the five all day long. That's my prediction. Scott, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, so on the Bengals, Gio actually, Gio Bernard actually led the team in red zone carries what? last year. But remember that yeah, Joe Mixon, Mixon was missed out. a lot of the season, <laughs> like, but still most of the season. Uh, that the year before, Mixon had like nearly twenty carries inside the five. Mm-hmm. I assume that comes back. They at, drafted three O linemen. They added Riley Reef. The offense should be better. He should have more opportunities. I think he's going to be the main guy for the Steelers. James Conner and Benny Snell combined for twenty six carries. That is a lot. 26 carries would have led the entire league last year in carries inside the five-yard line. Connor is gone. Snell stinks. If Najee Harris gets those same 26 carries mm. and he converts on, on the number we, we, we like to use, the 50% number, which is you're trying to get, that's 13 touchdowns just from inside the five. Feels like a good amount. That would be a very good amount for Najee Harris. Next up, the... Arizona Cardinals, Brian. So Kenyon Drake uh, last year with the Cardinals had 22 carries from inside the five. That's a lot. Uh, he's no longer in town, of course. So uh, so they're all going to go to Chase Edmonds, right? Mm-hmm. Who mm, We'll see. Edmonds had one carry last year. So they clearly I mean, favored Drake they over did. Edmonds. Now John, uh, so James Conner. James Conner, right? I, I guess, but it's even James Conner is not very much of a threat in any regard anymore. So... A lot of opportunities there for Arizona, and there's there's Eno Benjamin who's still clinging no, to life. No but threat. 
hopefully Edmonds gets a little uh, some some chances and uh, can convert on some, but a lot of opportunity. I was just going to say that Chase Edmonds, that was actually his only carry in his career inside the five, was the one last year. The one he year. had last year. And James, Did James he score? Connor, uh, no. Okay. And James Con- he got minus one yard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> James Connor with Pittsburgh was his, an historically great short yardage and inside the five runner. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. He'd like top Until five. last year, probably. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. For the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk tied among all receivers for the second most targets, and he scored the third most times. Inexplicably, as a side note, George Kittle, get this, for everything that George Kittle is, his entire career, they've thrown to him nine times inside the five. That's it. Which is, that you know, if they decide I, to use Kittle how, that way, it how gives many, him a lot more upside. How many times? Oh, geez. How, I'm, I'm I, embarrassed. Nine you don't times, have to do it because I'm pretty sure times. he had a couple t- called back. He may have. <laughs> the, 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 he may have. I, it's, it's, it's a horrible misuse of George Kittle. Yeah. But nevertheless, the bigger point here, Brandon Ayuk could yeah. give you a lot of safety if they continue using mm. him at the, at the goal line. You know who's really safe at the goal line? Tell me. James Robinson for the Jags. I bet he is. 83% of his of the carries inside the five for Jacksonville last year were James Robinson's. That's way more than Derek Henry. <laughs> Travis Etienne is out. Who's going to get him? Carlos Hyde? Yeah. And here's a fun fact. James Robinson scored on every single one of his carries inside the five last year. That's nuts. All five of them. Five I mean, out of five. It's a five yeah. out of five. That's impressive. But still. I probably have him underranked now that Etienne is out. Right now... Uh, in in standard non guillotine leagues, I have him ranked 17. Mm-hmm. He should probably be ahead of guys like Clyde Edwards Alaire, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's. In a I guillotine mean, league. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. In a guillotine league. Yes. Uh, let's see. Brian, I believe you are up next with the Bears, your final team. What are they doing inside the five yard line? Last year, David Montgomery got 14 of the 15 running back carries inside the five for Chicago, only converted them into four touchdowns, though. So, not a lot of success for Montgomery. I'm not too worried about Damian Williams stealing goal line touches from uh, Montgomery, though. Perhaps Justin Fields, though. When, once he becomes a starter, it be, could be a problem. He could have that Josh Allen vulture-like yep. uh, effect on Montgomery. And, and just keep your eye on Khalil Herbert, rookie running back, who has impressed in camp and is kind of built for, for goal line work. So he could uh, be a vulture in the making as well. Khalil Herbert's looked good. Yeah. He's looked really good. Mm-hmm. And you know what's looked really bad? That Bears offensive line, awful. Yeah. And remember, they put a high second-round pick, or they had a second-round pick, into Tevin Jenkins. He was a, a dominating right tackle. They were going to play him at left tackle, but now he's had surgery and he might miss the whole season. It's This offensive line is not good. And ultimately, that's going to be a contributor to getting Justin Fields on the field sooner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that'll be the upside. But I'm nervous about I'm nervous about Montgomery and others in that offense because of that line. Scott, your final team is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes. Uh, you mentioned how before uh... – Naheem Hines had only had two conversions out of seven attempts. Yeah, it's not good. Austin Eckler has converted two out of his last nine attempts over the last two years. Mm. Also not very good. Um, Last year, he was only given two attempts. Uh, Kelly had five. Balazs had six. Herbert had had seven. Uh, We mentioned before, beat reporters have stated it's likely going to be Kelly and Roundtree's role. At least that's where we're sitting right now. So this Roundtree guy looked good, too, in preseason action. And, you, you know, I'm trying to balance this. You know, we're not trying to go crazy over all these depth chart guys who have big games against third and fourth stringers. Roundtree looks like a player. 
And by the way, mm-hmm. while I'm watching that game, my wife's sitting on the couch next to me. She decided to look up the entomology of Roundtree. Mm-hmm. And it is a British term for like a, a tree that is out like in the middle of nowhere in a field. And but that's like the tree that's around, and people would point at the tree, and you know everybody knew that tree back in the ye ye olden days. Is that when, without the D though? Without the D. Okay, that's because that was part of why we looked it up. We're like round tree mm-hmm. with no D. It's like Terrace Marshall. So yep. yeah, we looked it up, and there you go. Now the little, little factoid and nice round tree. Last team is the Ravens. Many believe Lamar Jackson steals touchdown runs, but that's not true. Last year from inside the five-yard line, the Baltimore running backs ran the ball 23 times. Lamar Jackson ran three times. That's it. Just three times. And that brings me back to Gus Edwards, my guy for this season, my favorite sleeper, and this is part of the reason why. Double-digit touches from inside the five-yard line, built for goal line use. Yes, J.K. Dobbins is going to get work there, too. And yes, I'd rather have J.K. Dobbins. But J.K. Dobbins costs you a second-rounder. And I'm not even saying don't pay that. But Gus Edwards right now, 11th round, average draft position. Mm-hmm. He finished his running back 27 last year, going up the board right now as running back 45. And there's no reason. Mark Ingram's gone. It's a two-headed backfield, not a three-headed backfield now. There is no reason not to take Gus Edwards where he's going, if not earlier. Mm. Lamar Jackson does not steal as much stuff as you might be inclined to think that he does. Um, Scott, we've got about one minute left. Sure. Tell me about some ideas for spicing up a live draft. Now that we're drafting in person sure. again. Yeah. So uh, my my wife sent me a picture of the the this league that that started just had a live draft the other week called the Moundsview Boys, and they're like fourteen year old kids. They got all dressed yeah. up and see that picture. I love it because they're yeah. it's a bunch of kids playing with other it kids, is, which That's is great. awesome. Yeah, and I, it made me think. What can you do to spice up your draft? You can you can like have walk up music, have a commissioner announce the picks. You can do you can have a rivalry draft and choose rivals. Yeah. Um, get a live auctioneer if it's if it's an auctioneer auction draft. A um, hundredyardrush.com. You can do the draft order. You can watch little characters run across the oh, screen fun. and root for it. Or any other kind of contest for your draft order, like a poker tournament beforehand, a golf tournament, video yeah. games. You could have a video games tournament. Anything like that. Uh, those are simple th- simple things you can do. All right. I love it. All great ideas to uh, bring to your live draft. Fantasy Football Weekly, hour number two, comes back in a second. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back. Hour number two of Fantasy Football Weekly. I'm Paul Charchian, guillotineleagues.com. Brian Johnson, also guillotineleagues.com. Our associated podcast is called Chop, a guillotine league podcast, available wherever you love to get your podcasts, and especially the iHeartRadio app. Scott Fish joins as well. It is time for a segment we like to call Three Tough Questions. And as is the tradition, we start with... Tough question number one. How much does Sony Michelle's arrival impact Daryl Henderson? None, some, or a lot? We start with Scott. So my, my initial thought here was some. I mean, they watched Henderson for a year. They had him on the team. McVeigh had him on the team for a year. Then they decided, you know what? After watching this guy, we're going to draft a running back in the second round. And we're going to give him the lead role late in the season. Uh, they may have tried to see what they could do, but then, you know, he broke his thumb. And, and, and so they felt New England had an excess. They made a safe play. I think the answer is some. But then Sony Michelle took number 14 as a running back. which <laughs> So now I'm thinking there's really no concern at all. I guess I'm going to stick with some, but that number some. choice is terrible. Uh, okay. That, that is a, I'm not used to the numbers yet. It is weird. Brian. How much does Sonia Michelle's arrival impact Daryl Henderson? None, some, or a lot? I'm going to go with none because that's basically basically what Sean McVay just said recently, that it has no effect on uh, Daryl Henderson's usage. Uh, I, I'm more concerned with Xavier Jones when it comes to taking uh, work from Daryl Henderson. We, we've seen what Sonia Michelle has to offer. First off, he's kind of injury-plagued. He's only played one full season yeah. out of his three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't catch the ball. He has 26 catches across three seasons, so no, so no threat uh, third down work. And he's like a, a four yards per carry, just meh runner that uh, I'm quite shocked that the Rams traded for him. I think the the Patriots are probably going to cut him. They're so loaded at running back, but uh, yeah. no effect for me. Uh, with Sony Michelle in town now. Sony Walkmangelis. Sony Walkman. Walkmangelis? Walkmangelis. Yeah, I, I, I like Sony Walkman. Thank you. Right. I think that's a, I think we can. We have, I like look, to push we, the envelope. We, we, you know that. We, we already had it perfect. All right. The correct answer is none. The, sum, the thumb injury that Daryl Henderson has ultimately will not be a factor, even if it is at the very beginning of the season. And let's remember that 
Daryl Henderson wasn't going to be a workhorse anyway. You know, right mm. when Cam Akers went down, Sean McVay said, we got to really monitor his workload. He was not going to be the work. He was not going to be a workload mm-hmm. workhorse guy anyhow. And here comes Sony Walkman, a marginal talent who doesn't catch and gets hurt constantly. The guy he really hurts is Xavier Jones. Yeah. And maybe to a lesser extent, Jake Funk, if he was Jake Funk was going to be in the mix here at some point. <laughs> that's it. You know, Now, that's not to say Sony Walkman will have no fantasy value. He may be a spot starter, but I still think this is going to shape up like 14 to 16 touches a game for Daryl Henderson. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle's going to be like 6, 8. It'll still be like a 2 to 1 ratio, I believe. He'll get those three touchdown games that'll just piss all Henderson off. I hope not. I hope not. Tough question number two. Carson Wentz is trending towards a week one start. Does he belong in rosters in a one quarterback league? Brian. So, Charch, you and I just uh, did a a 20-man 20-team live auction. Yes, we did. You you can only have one quarterback on roster, and it's a team quarterback. We don't have to get into that, but the Colts quarterback was not selected. No, it's not one of the among all not, twenty teams. Correct. Now, in a standard one quarterback league, your your odds are you're going to have a, a backup quarterback, and that's where Wentz would fall. Uh, he was going right around quarterback twenty before the injury. Then he got mm-hmm. hurt. ADP plummeted. Uh, it's on the rise a little bit, but I'm not wasting a roster spot on Wentz. Is it, a backup. He's not a starter in a one quarterback league. We don't, we're not going to go down that path. But the, the offense is not very exciting, and it's going to revolve around Jonathan Taylor, and they're going to play good defense. So for me, no, I'll, I'll stream someone when I need a backup. I'm not going to sit on Wentz because I, I just don't see a ceiling there at all. Okay, Scott? No. Uh, no. Okay. No. I'll just say just, no. That's it. <laughs> Even fully healthy. Uh he he was a, he was barely a streaming option in one QB leagues. Carson Wentz, I don't care that he's trending for the week one start. He does not belong on one quarterback league rosters. Uh, I do a ton of one quarterback mocks and drafts. I was in a draft last night with AJ Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. Oh, but, oh but, name but, dropper! But, oh. By the way, Brian, he took Kyle Pitts. <laughs> just he's already one of the best. <laughs> just AJ Dillon, know. that is. But uh, in that in that draft, twelve teamer, nobody took Carson Wentz. I don't even think he was on anyone's radar. It's it's he's he's not rosterable at that point. He it needs to be super flex. Well, I was just in a uh, I was just in a, a draft with uh, Tom Cruise. And uh, Tom Cruise said he loved my team, and he graded my team in A+. <laughs> Carson Wentz is, I'm good. Even though you're probably right, you're wrong. <laughs> what? In many metrics, the Colts have the easiest passing schedule from October through the rest of the year, uh, including uh, Warren Sharp uh, acknowledging as much, talking about as much on a recent tweet. Wentz is surrounded by viable targets. He mm-hmm. can throw to Pittman, yep. Hilton, Campbell, tight mm-hmm. ends who can catch, running backs who catch. Yep. He's got a ton of targets. Yep. He'll enjoy the best pass blocking of his entire career, other than maybe when he was very, very first in Philadelphia and that offensive line is good. Uh, unlike the jailbreaks he was su- subjected to last year, mm-hmm. he's still got good mobility and always has. Now, the foot injury might tamp- tamper that, damp- dampen that a bit this year, but the mo- if the mobility comes back, he helps you out more than mm-hmm. I think people realize that way, too. I think he does belong on one quarterback league rosters. Am I going to start him every week? Nope. But I get the feeling when I hit those bye weeks, he's exactly the kind of guy I'm going to want to inject. Or if my quarterback goes down, I'll be glad I have him.
I mean, I, I was with I was in on Wentz early in the season. He's going back to Reich, who he had his you yeah, know his MVP best, right you know caliber season up until he got injured for the last four weeks. I was very in on that. It's just as I watch these drafts play out, you know, when I want to grab my second quarterback, I want it to be Lance or Fields or guys like that. Oh, no, I'd rather you know, have like, those guys too. But <laughs> who says you're only drafting two quarterbacks? Who's drafting three quarterbacks in a one quarterback league? Can be done. It's uh, not illegal. You're the one who loves your like twenty three in superflex. In superflex, I'll take you. You love your big roster. <laughs> Question number three: Who is the single most valuable receiver in dynasty or empire formats? I think we're on. Uh, we're, Scott. On we're, we're on me. We're on me. Let's Thank start you. here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with CD Lamb. Him growing in that offense with Dak for many years, I'm I'm a big fan of. I've always been a big fan of the young wide receiver growing with it. You know the young stud quarterback. Uh, most dynasty ranks have Jefferson and Brown and Metcalf above them, but who's going to be Jefferson's quarterback in a couple of years? We don't know. We we don't know who that's going to be. Is Russ going to stay elite and efficient uh, as efficient as he's been? And DK has has disappeared at times. Speaking of efficiency, Brown has not not just Brown, but both Brown, AJ Brown, and Ryan Tannehill have been insanely efficient on low passing volume Mm -hmm. what if that goes away um and here's another thing to note what if zeke starts to decline and they have to pass more over the next couple years and zeke goes away uh i'm i'm taking cd lamb in that okay brian who is the single most valuable receiver in dynasty or empire formats I had to go with A.J. Brown. I did think of uh, C.D. Lamb, too, but A.J. Brown just turned 24 in June. Last year played 12 or 13 full healthy games, only saw 100 targets, like 102 targets, still had over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. Theoretically, he could see twice as many targets somewhere. 200 target year. It could happen. Well, now that there's an extra game, it's certainly again. uh, So – Basically, A.J. Brown, we haven't, he's just scratching the surface, and he gets 150 targets. That is way more feasible. Right, Charles? You can get with me on yes, that. Yes, I can. We okay. are talking. Now, now we're in the realm of We are, we are talking 20, last year. 20, yeah. 20 touchdown range uh, receiving touchdowns for A.J. Brown in a full, healthy season on the horizon. The correct answer. The player I would not trade in a dynasty or empire league for any other receiver is C.D. Lamb. 22 years old, two years He's the youngest of all those four. And I love A.J. Brown, by the way. I love A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. But C.D. Lamb, yep. 22 years old. You hit on the single biggest point. He has an excellent young quarterback in Dak Prescott, who, let's remember, just signed a four-year deal. So we know you got four years of Dak Prescott quarterbacking. That is a long mm-hmm. time in your Dynasty or Empire League. Um, he's already flashing greatness. He did it last year. He's You're seeing it on Hard Knocks if you're watching Hard Knocks. Gallup is gone next year. Yeah. And that's another big consideration for me. Gallup's going to take 100 targets with him, and they'll probably just move like Cedric Wilson up a spot. I don't think – whoever, whoever goes there next, I just think they're going to. there's going to be enough vacated targets to move C.D. Lamb into a top five position on my cheat sheet at this time next year. Now, you asked the, the single most valuable receiver. Receiver. You did it. Now, I wanted to say Kyle Pitts, Pitts but I'm so concerned – that he gets designated as a wide receiver in future years. But, yeah, uh, I, I didn't go that way, but uh, that that really, that is it. really my answer. Gallup I, was my last my last uh, line there, but mm-hmm. also C.D. Lamb stats with Dak: five games, five for fifty nine, six for one hundred six, five for sixty five, five for seventy nine, eight for one twenty four. I know, and that was the first five games of <laughs> his NFL career. That's like a thirteen hundred yard pace. Yes, I love. That's unreal. I love C.D. The Lamb. Raiders. 
should have taken C.D. Lamb over Henry yeah. Ruggs. They're going to dread oh, the God. What a epic one. Or Justin Jefferson. And you can spell yeah. his name with emojis, a C.D. and a Lamb. That's all that matters. It's so cute. That counts as well. Uh, I I'm, I rarely talk about my own leagues, but I'm, I'm in a dynasty league where I, I was able to get Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb in the draft last year. Oh, boy. I traded away Justin Jefferson and kept CeeDee Lamb. Just because they didn't get a log on the <laughs> they, team. Oh, again, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When we come back, the blacklist. Guys I will not draft and our other co-hosts as well. Who are the guys we're avoiding in our drafts? And you should, too, when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. If you haven't tried a guillotine league, we encourage you to learn a little bit more. Guillotineleagues.com. 18 teams start the season. No head-to-head. The low-scoring team each week gets cut, and all their players go to the waiver wire where pandemonium ensues. And all the players we're about to mention are going to be the ones that <laughs> I think it could be, because this whole segment is geared around the players we don't like and aren't drafting. Right. So these are the guys we think that are going to get you chopped early. In the guillotine format, all you have to do every week is not finish last. You don't have to be best, but can you not be last every week? That's it. If last team standing wins the whole thing. If you ain't last, you're first. Right. That's, wait, that's it. If you ain't last, you're first. If you ain't last, <laughs> you're first. That's, the that league. is the guillotine sure. league right there. Let's talk about the blacklist, the guys that we will not draft. And we're gonna, we'll each give a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. 
Some cases we may actually disagree on these things, but it's personal preference. Mm-hmm. Let's begin at the quarterback position. Scott, who's your first player you will not draft? Uh, quarterback position, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson going as QB6 in the mid-fifth. It's mostly price tag. It's I, I understand him being ranked there in the QB6, 7, 8 range. Yes. I personally, I think I have him ranked as my QB8, but it's fine. I'm fine with that. My problem is that team wants to run a lot. He's been, he's been solid because of his efficiency, and he falls off for half the season seemingly every year. Uh, he's only topped 400 yards rushing twice in the last five years, and that declines in running quarterback as they get older. Yeah. So don't expect that to keep him up. But he didn't top 250 yards in his final eight games last year. Um, 16 touchdowns in those eight games total, and four were against the Jets. So most of the games, you're not gaining a lot of Mm -hmm. points from in the second half. Mm -hmm. That happened the year before where he only topped 250 yards once in his final seven and threw just nine touchdowns. Um, And weirdly, earlier in his career, he was a notorious slow starter for the first half of the year. So he's a half-year starter. I just I can't take that there too I'm, high i'm with you on that i have russell wilson on no rosters me either not one Mm-mm. brian Dak Prescott going way too high for me at quarterback five right about now. I know he's been fully cleared now by the the Dallas medical staff, but I don't really trust the Dallas medical staff. Jerry Jones seems like a guy who will throw his grandchildren into a volcano, sacrifice them <laughs> into a volcano to win another Super Bowl. The Russian Dak back, who is not going to be speaking of rushing. Not many rush attempts uh, in the future for Dak Prescott, I don't think. I think he's going to be a different quarterback Agreed. in that regard. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. I can get – he's just going to be more of a pure passer. He's a great passer. He's got great weapons, of course. But I can get pure passers with great weapons later in my draft, like Aaron Rodgers, Justin Air Bear, uh, Tom Matthew Brady, Stafford. Matthew Stafford even later. So uh, <laughs> Dak certainly – Pay off uh, that QB5 ADP, but uh, just too much risk for me there. And, and one of the deepest quarterback classes in fantasy football that I can remember in oh, many, so many years. Year. You guys picked um, high-end quarterbacks that you won't take in part. Be- and I'm, I'm sure eventually, if they were available in your draft, you would take both of those guys. The guy that I've not ended up in with any draft in any draft is Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. And the, the overriding premise is I'd rather get out a year too early on a player in at the very, very bitter end of his career than a year too late. Now, in fairness to Ben, he's I think he's looked fine in the preseason, but it's his 18th year. He's mm-hmm. teetering on cooked. He played badly for stretches of last year, and the arm was clearly degraded yep. from earlier versions of what we had seen from Ben. He didn't throw deep like he used to. He had the fifth shortest average intended air yards last year. Mm. When we think of Ben, we think of the big statue sitting in the pocket, maybe sliding a little bit and then throwing lasers downfield. That's not who Ben was, at least not last year. He had the shortest time to pass last season, and the offensive line is worse this year. I'm very worried about that. So for me, there's just a, there's just a lot of worry about where Ben is in his career arc and where he is in this offense. Even though surrounded by receiving weapons, I love the addition of Najee Harris. It'll take a little heat off of Ben. I'm not saying he's gonna have a bad year, but I'm you know for where he's getting taken, I'm rolling the dice on other guys. Let's continue with the blacklist, guys. We will not draft. Let's move to the running back position, Scott. 
Who won't you draft? Similar to your Ben pick, David Johnson is just a guy I will not have on a single team. Philip Lindsay is running as the starter. Lindsay yeah. and Mark Ingram are listed as the starters, yet David Johnson is going as RB39 in the ninth round, and people oh, are drafting him as the starter just because ridiculous. name value maybe, I guess. I don't you know. know. It's, it's laziness. Yeah, that's Philip Lindsay. I'm okay with taking Philip Lindsay four rounds later because he's going in the 13th. I don't even love that because we don't know what the goal line work is going to be. That team is going to always be in a negative game script. But David Johnson in the ninth is just crazy. Just don't take any Texans. Yeah, running. really, really. <laughs> don't or Texans, also known as Texans. I like Brandon Cooks. All right. That's fair. I reached around on Brandon Cooks last. I'll take okay. Nico Collins at the last end. Uh, Nico Collins. At <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm interested yes. in Nico Collins at the last pick. <laughs> they'll they'll be throwing. We just don't know who's going to be throwing, but they'll be throwing down in Texas. Yep. That's for yeah. Sure. In yeah. Houston. You'll go Nico Collins. I'll go Byron Pringle. Okay. The last there pick we go. My draft to there bring him back up again. Because apparently I've got to be the only guy who's <laughs> talking about Byron Pringle. All right. Who's the running back? You will not draft, Brian. Even though a couple months ago he was basically going as a top five, top six overall pick, and now his his stock has plummeted to the the mid second round. I'm still not taking Saquon Barkley there mm-hmm. uh, in the mid second. I don't know if I'd take him even if he came back to me in the third. I just don't trust him at this point. I don't trust the knee. Uh, it, unlikely he's going to start uh, the season at least at at 100. Certainly don't trust the offensive line in New Jersey for the Giants. Uh, going into this year, Pro Football Focus has them ranked 32nd, dead last among mm. all units. And uh, there, there's no, nothing to keep opposing defensive defenses honest. It's certainly not Daniel Jones. They signed Kenny Galladay. He's not looking like he's going to be ready to go mm-hmm. uh, week one. He's probably going to be banged up all year. I'm just I'm just out on Saquon Barkley entirely uh, for this year. Terrible mm. offensive line in New York. And, and to, at least they've tried to fix it, right? They've thrown draft picks at it. They've f- thrown expensive free agents at it. None of it's worked. And that's been an ongoing concern of mine with Saquon Barkley, and I'm with you on that. Mm. The running back I have rostered in none of my leagues to this point is Josh Jacobs. I want my running backs to excel at some component of the game. <laughs> I want you to be good at something, right? And I wanted ideally to like match my scoring system in some way, you know, catch a lot of passes in a PPR league, score touchdowns in a touchdown heavy league. It, Josh Jacobs doesn't do anything that matches any scoring system that I'm in. He's averaged just two catches per game. Last year, he converted just six of 21 carries from inside the five yard line. We touched on this earlier in the show. That's a woeful 28% efficiency mark, and it opens up the door for Kenyon Drake. I don't want to have to sweat that backfield. I want no part of Josh Jacobs. Let's move over to the wide receiver position. Scott, who is the wide receiver you will not draft? Yeah, it's it's Tyler Lockett. I just can't do it. He's he's just too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Last year he had four games over 70 yards. That's it. Eight of his 10 touchdowns came in three games. Uh going in the same round as a bunch of guys I would rather have, like Cup and, and Woods and DJ Moore and Ayuk and Higgins, and even a round later at Claypool. Um the, the year before, even in 2019, he, f- four of his games made up 49.8% of his fantasy points, nearly half his fantasy points in just four games. That means he's killing you the rest of the games. I can't have that. No, you're right. That's, that, is a, that is a disaster. When Tyler Lockett does not score, he kills your team. And by the way, in a guillotine league, the kill your team part is very literal. He will kill your team that mm-hmm. way. God, I'm going to see if I can quick pull this up. I think I've got a Tyler Lockett stat for you to, to back this up. 
They they also added Dwayne Eskridge as a better third option than they've had over the last few years. And Petey Sunshine wants to run more. He always wants to run more. So, yeah, I unfortunately I don't have it. His non, I believe I'm gonna off the top of my head. So this is not perfect. Mm. Tyler Lockett's non touchdown games averaged like three catches, thirty yards. Jeez, that's, that's not that's really bad. It's, it's bad. Brian, who is the wide receiver you will not draft? I'm going to bend the rules a little bit here and give you a two for a two for one. I'm not taking CD Lamb or Amari Cooper this year because they're essentially going off the board at the same spot. You'll see yeah, CD Lamb yeah. usually going first around uh, wide receiver 12, 13, and then mm-hmm. Cooper. I've seen Cooper go um, the pick right after yeah. CD Lamb. And just to me, both of those guys cannot live up to that ADP. One of them is going to falter, and I don't know which one it is this year. We we, we all love Lamb more moving forward in the future, of course. We just talked yeah. about that in the last segment. Uh, but for this year, you know, I just mentioned uh, I'm a little iffy on Dak as well. And uh, we also talked about Michael Gallup still in town. He's going to steal targets from both of those guys. I just don't see how both of them could live up to such uh, high ADPs. So uh, I'm just going to avoid that coin flip entirely. Hmm. And I'm not drafting uh, either in redraft this year. On our button bar for sounds, we have a peacock, a bear, an aardvark, a mongoose, a horse, a crow, a turkey, a duck, a, partridge a vulture, and a pear tree. And we don't have a lamb? And there's a player called C.D. Lamb. Is, how do we not have a, do we not they, have a lamb they, sound? Uh, it's a bleat. It's a bleat, right? Uh, is that a lamb? That's also a lamb. That's the that's the nice. Tim, next show, we need a lamb. Oh, Thank you. New producer guy's like, what? I know. <laughs> no idea. Wait, this is a thing? Yeah, People yeah, exactly. yell at me to... The wide receiver that I am not drafting is Juju Smith-Schuster. This was I made the strong case against him last year, got validated. I'm going back to the well. This The issue for Juju is his lack of depth of target and his yards after the catch. He catches short passes and then gets tackled quickly. He has the second shortest average depth of target last year, just 5.8 yards, according to Next Gen Stats. He turned 128 targets last year into 800 yards. Mm. That's it. This is a major reversal for Juju Smith-Schuster. Remember those first couple of years? He had a 98-yarder. Right. I mean, too, dude, yeah. dude was just like touchdowns. He was he was slicing through the middle of the field. The big then big armed Ben was sending these lasers downfield yep. to him, and hey, God, it's just not that way anymore. And what's more, when Juju Smith-Schuster does not score. His average line over the last two years, when he does not score, three catches, 32 yards, okay, and no score. I mean, mm. destroying your team. Him and Lockett. Let's go to the we, t- Yes. We all picked quarterback-wide receiver combos. Yeah, we did, actually. We did. I didn't intentionally do that. I didn't either. <laughs> um, let's go to the tight end position. Who's a tight end, Scott? You will not draft. It, it's It's got to be Dallas Goddard. Uh, he's currently going to his tight end eight, end of the eighth round, which is just, it's insane to me. He might get a ton, he might get a decent amount of volume, but... That was his price when everybody thought Ertz was going to go away. And Ertz hasn't left, and that price has not changed yet. Mm. He's going ahead of or in the same range as guys that I like a lot more, like Logan Thomas or Noah Fant or Robert Tunyon. He's going way ahead of Jonu Smith, yeah. uh, ahead of Higby. There are guys I'd just rather have than Goddard and his, you know, his role in that offense, at least with Ertz there. Makes sense. Brian, who is the tight end you will not draft? Love the guy. Probably the best all-around tight end in the NFL. Uh, it's George Kittle, but I, I can't take him in, in fantasy football Fantasy football this year uh, as tight end three. Really going late second, early third round. Uh, for a guy that's only played one full season in his four-year career, he's just so good at everything. 
blocking. Uh, he's just such a violent player that it's it's hard for him to stay healthy. Uh, he's just going way too early for me. And now Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are emerging stars at the wide receiver position. The, mm-hmm. the three of them have never really played together when fully healthy. Yeah, and, not with a, and not with a good quarterback and either. Not, and yeah, and there's going to be a change of quarterback at some point. They're going to go from Jimmy G to, uh, to Trey Lance. So I'm just – Kittle's going way too high. I, I can get uh, my boy Kyle Pitts – uh, around later, and uh, I have a feeling some, someone's about to, to poo-poo on this uh, take, but uh, fading Kittle, all in on pits. It's a battle that will last this year for sure. My co-host, Brian Johnson, shares the opinion of most <laughs> fantasy analysts that Kyle Pitts, they should be carving the bust in Canton right now for Kyle Pitts, and that he will have a historic rookie tight end year. I will be more reasoned than that. Here's the Kyle Pitts storyline nobody wants to hear and nobody is talking about. There is way more variation in possible outcomes than most people are willing to acknowledge, even though he's a great talent. If he lines up outside as a standing wide receiver for the entirety of this year, I like his prospects to have a fine rookie season. But if he doesn't do that, or only does that sometime, I don't think that I don't think he can perform nearly to the level people expect. As a true tight end, this thing gets very complicated. Hayden Hurst is a good player who the team acquired at a sizable cost, second and fifth round picks just one year ago. Hurst will likely frustrate fantasy owners with his playing time, especially in the first half of the season. And Hurst is a good pass blocker. They will want to keep Hurst in to keep Matt Ryan upright. You can trust his blocking. They may not know that they can do that with Kyle Pitts. And we know from years of playing fantasy, we love our rookies. We love the shiny new toys more than the coaches do. The coaches are always way slower to bring guys on the field than we want them to. Also, there's the long history of tight end rookie failures. And I know if you've heard this show before, you've heard these stats before, but I'm rolling them out anyway because it's awfully important. Over the last two decades, the average first-round rookie tight end has finished as tight end 32. 30 catches, 350 yards, and two scores for the season. 350 yards and two scores for the season. Then, if we isolate it down to the primo tight ends, guys taken in the first 10 picks of the draft over the last two decades, these are the best of the best tight ends. They're somehow worse, averaging as tight end 50 with 20 catches and 230 yards and one touchdown. That's it. He's got to buck a lot of trends, and maybe he'll do it. And Brian Johnson, you're going to have every opportunity to prove me wrong over the course of this season. I, my blood I'm pressure showing, is so high right now. I'm just showing I'm, – <laughs> I'm being the voice of reason. I do think the those are nobody a lot of, wants to hear. Those are a lot of tight end trends. I, I think the, the way a Kyle Pitts truther can justify it is make him a receiver. And Russell Gage last year was the third receiving option in that offense. His stat line would have been good for tight end three last year. Does Russell Gage play tight end? That, no, that's oh, okay. why I'm Just saying. Shocking. That's why I'm saying. You know, he doesn't play he's outside third, receiver he's either. He's the third receiving option. Yeah. He's a slot receiver. I'm just saying Pitts will be the second receiving option in that offense. It's possible. He's the, he's the new Julio, but one that will be utilized in the red zone. When we come back, the running back traits of a bust. What do you have to look for to ID a bust running back before it happens? We'll tell you that and unleash our sleepers of the week. Stay tuned. Fantasy Football Weekly.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. If you would like to download my free cheat sheet, the same one I use when I walk into my drafts, my personal cheat sheet available at guillotineleagues.com. You can also join a guillotine league available at whatever prize level you want or play with your friends. We support private leagues from 8 to 18 owners in your guillotine league. This segment, final segment, the traits of a bust running back, Brian, and then we'll do, we'll hit on our sleepers of the week as well. Um, a couple of shows ago, I think it was two shows ago, or maybe it was just last week, we talked about the traits of a sleeper running back. Now we're going to flip it over. What is it, What are the things that tie together some of the bust running backs? Yeah, we came up with, with three traits, and we'll get to them all, of course. Uh, but to kick it off, we, we went back and looked at six years of data, yeah. running back data. And by data, we looked at uh, running backs that were drafted in the first three rounds hmm. of fantasy drafts, but okay. did not return value. And, and, and by that, I mean they, they did not finish as a top 24 running back. So okay. you were drafted so were, in the first were, three yep. rounds, but did not return top 24 value. I think that's a very thing. fair metric for a bust. Because you, you're drafting criteria. in the top three rounds, you're getting, you're hoping to get, you're expecting to get RB1 or RB2 performance, you know, a starter's performance, mm-hmm. and you didn't get that. You got at best a flex or maybe worse. Now, over the last uh, six years, as I mentioned, we found 35 instances of this uh, happening, running mm-hmm. backs busting. Yeah. After being uh, picked in the, in the top three rounds, uh, 25 of those 35 busts were mostly due to injury, but that happens, and that, that's that's something we'll talk about for sure. Uh, but the, the other 10 were due 
to uh, non-injury circumstances. So we're going to go through these traits and hopefully avoid uh, those running backs this year. Uh, okay. we, we don't want a, a bust at running back. Um, first bust, uh, I'm sorry, first trait of a bust running back, mileage, of course. Yeah. Uh, running backs that have had over 1,200 career carries uh, get injured at a significantly higher rate. Um, over the last six years, uh, five of the injured runners uh, in question, um, although five of the injured runners we're about to talk about have over 1,200 career carries. So, so let's get to these guys. I'm not so sure people are targeting Mark Ingram so much this year. <laughs> no, but he's in that category. He's in the mix. He has okay. almost 1,600 career carries, which All is right. kind of surprising because he's always kind of been in a shared backfield situation, yeah. it seems yeah. like. With but the he's Saints done it long enough. And then with the yeah. Ravens. Um, Mark Ingram with, with the Texans now, of course. Uh, they have uh, – who knows what to make of this Texans depth charted running back. Fish alluded earlier that – Lindsay's on top. Yeah. It might nobody's, be Ingram. Nobody's drafting Ingram anyway. No, it's, undrafted yeah, it's in most of my leagues. Yeah, he he's not a, a bus. He's not even a sleeper. He's just an entire bus entirely. We don't we don't want Mark Ingram this year. Ezekiel no. Elliott now. Okay. Now we're talking. Now we're, yeah, oh, now, we're talking. now we're talking someone you're going to draft uh, early on in your drafts. Almost sixteen hundred carries for Zeke. Wow, it's a lot of use. That's a lot of use in only what four. Five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned uh, last year, offensive line very uh, decimated that they should be back to full form. But I don't know, 1,400 carries for Zeke. Tony Pollard. Yeah. You are excited about Tony Pollard. Yep. Do that chart. So right there, Zeke uh, he, fits, he fits trait one okay. of a, right. a running back bust. Okay. Uh, as does Melvin Gordon. Um, hmm. Not really going in the. The first three rounds, but some people believe he'll be the starter mm-hmm. for the Broncos. He probably will start week yeah, one. Yeah, he probably will. Uh, almost 1,300 carries for Melvin Gordon, though. Uh, well over that that 1,200 uh, thre- threshold. Mm-hmm. And uh, Javante Williams, rookie out of North Carolina, uh, more than ready to take that job from Melvin Gordon. So for me, Gordon is a guy I- I'm completely fading. I'll, I'll, I'll target Javante Williams later on, but it's not like I want to get yeah. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I'm just I'm all out on Gordon. I don't know about where you guys no, we're out. stand yep. on that. And then uh, I like that you spoke up for me. I I, I know we're, you. We're I know out. you. You're out. Now everyone is concerned about when Derrick Henry is going to fall off the cliff. Yep. Some think it's this year. It's not, you're right. But he's only had 1182 carries. He hasn't hit that 1200 quite, quite carries. Yet. He's so close. 18 away. Watermark. So uh, can I make a counterpoint on him? Yes, yes please. No running back that hit 2,000 yards has top 1500 the following year. Yeah. And most of them are way way below that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. he doesn't get receptions. Adrian Peterson's 2,000 yard year. He, you know, where his 1995 year or whatever. After that, he lost like 700 yards the next year. Yeah, Darrington Evans, a guy we've mentioned on the show a lot. I think he d- didn't really get any work last year. No one really did at the running back position mm-hmm. outside of Derrick Henry. But that kind of feels like they're gonna change that philosophy in Tennessee and uh, keep Henry. Uh, healthy a little longer, especially for an expected uh, playoff run, deep playoff run that they have in in Tennessee. So that's it for trait number one, mileage. Now trait number two for a running back bust is players on a new team. Uh-huh. Uh, either moving in the offseason or traded during camp or the season. Uh, once these players go to a new team, the fantasy industry misidentifies them as lead running backs. So let's see if we can find any uh, Ooh, running like backs yeah. that uh, fit uh, these traits. And, and guys in the past... Big names, we expected them to be RB1s, RB2s. Le'Veon Bell, when he went to the Jets. Todd Gurley, even, when he went to the Mm -hmm. Falcons. People still had some belief 
with Todd Gurley. Uh, Leonard Fournette, everyone thought he was going to be the lead back for Tampa Bay. Always mm-hmm. kind of in a timeshare there. So let's look at the guys on new teams this year. Uh, the first one, the most glaring example, is Mike Davis in Atlanta um, taking over for Todd Gurley. Uh, Davis is in his seventh season Kind of a journeyman, um, but as of now, he looks like the lead guy. We talked about mm-hmm. in the Inside the Five segment, Gurley had 17 rushes inside the five, which is a lot. That is. So they all like they're going to Mike Davis as of right now, but if they bring in another back, that would uh, certainly lean to uh, Mike Davis busting. But I don't know where you guys stand on Davis. He's not going super high or super late, but do you think he returns RB2 value, which is yeah. what people are expecting? Yeah, I think so, yes. I feel like there's just nobody else that's gonna that's gonna interrupt him getting a, a fair amount of work here, even if he's not a special player. Uh, As we know, fantasy football is more about opportunity than talent. It's true. Uh, the next guy uh, at a new next running back at a new place, James Conner, uh, was one was two of the 35 names on the overall list of busts in the last six years already. So he's already hit this criteria and other other. <laughs> Areas, but now yeah. he's on the, in the new team trait. Uh, we talked about the Cardinals inside the five earlier in the in the show, where um, Kenyon Drake had 22 carries inside the five yard line to Chase Edmonds one. So will they all go to James Conner? We'll see. Uh, but the writing is on the wall. Sort of. Conner has had a injury history in the past. There's some mileage there. That's trait number one. Trait number two. He's on a new team, so. People expecting Connor to be the RB1 in Arizona? Not so sure. I think I would still uh, lean Chase Edmonds, even though he's going a little earlier in draft. So there's trait number two, players on a new team. You might want to avoid any running back on a new team this year because it generally does not work out well. And now the last trait identified by our Matt Harrison is the running back is just not a proven good player. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just because he's It happens a lot. We think a guy's a good player. But he hasn't proven it, and we're wrong. That happens a lot. Yeah, you see limited work, then the door opens up to essentially a full-time gig. Yes. And we all make the assumption, this guy's going to be a bell cow back, and I'm getting him Mm -hmm. at a steal at an RB2 rate. So let's look at uh, guys that look to be lead backs, but they're not proven to be good players yet. And uh, we're going to go back to to Daryl Henderson with the Rams. Uh, Last year, lost significant touches to Malcolm Brown. Uh, The last two years, really, uh, primarily at the stripe, too, which is concerning for Henderson. You you want him to be getting those goal line carries. They did draft Cam Akers to be the lead back last year. Of course, Akers is out this year. So they they lost belief in Daryl Henderson pretty much, it seemed like. They, they, they did bring in Sony Michelle. We're all not too concerned with Sony Michelle. But, again, Daryl Henderson, not a proven guy that can handle a ton of work and just yeah. not a proven elite good running back. So uh, time will tell with him. Now, another guy on the list here, and uh, I'm going to throw Matt under the bus because I don't agree with this one, and I don't, I don't think Fish will, but uh, <laughs> Miles Gaskin <laughs> looks to be the lead running back in Miami. Granted, not a proven good player mm-hmm. yet, but he's looked Correct. good on tape. But he's a, a seventh-round pick, a former seventh-round pick, um, only averaged 4.1 yards per carry last year. Uh, so we need to see a full season out of Miles Gaskin. He does fit the he does not a fit proven the criteria. And he's, yep. he's going in the – Third, late third round. He's getting drafted as an RB2, a starting running back on most teams. So a guy you want to be a little worried about, Miles Gaskin. And uh, lastly, Michael Carter for the, the Jets, rookie running back. 
That looks like a full-on three-man platoon to me. Some people think right Carter now. runs away. I, I think in job, time do he you? does because everybody else has no talent, and he might be talented. <laughs> he might be, but he just might just be a warm body. He was a fourth-round pick. He mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, highly touted coming out of college. There's a rookie quarterback for the Jets, as we all know. Uh, new coaching staff. So Michael Carter, unproven rookie, not a proven good player, might have opportunity, but. Uh, he he fits the, the the third trait of a running back bust. So, uh, all right, guy, we're not too excited about. Thank this. you, Brian, and no uh, an assist to Matt Harrison who put together a lot of that data for us. The uh, you mentioned the Jets and the rookie quarterback Zach Wilson looks good. He, he does. Looks so he good. looks good. You know, you get rid of Adam Gase, you put two first round picks on an offensive line, you add in Zach Wilson. He's got capable targets to throw to. Mm-hmm. Jets are going to be an ascending offense, mm-hmm. which is, not, you know, they were the worst offensive league last year. So I'm not saying a lot. Obviously, they'll get better. <laughs> um, but I think people have just, you know, we're so used to the Jets being so bad for so long that I think some people are missing the boat on how on how this how quickly this offense could return to competency. Mm-hmm. I, I saw something agree. interesting where a couple months ago. If you haven't heard by now, Corey Davis and Zach Wilson are like BFFs all of a sudden, like, yeah. Wilson is just locked in on Corey Davis, but you were getting people were drafting Elijah Moore in the ninth round and Corey Davis in like the fifteenth round right. a couple months ago. That is completely flip flopped. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing Corey Davis go eighth, ninth round and uh, Elijah Moore. So yeah, it's crazy. Let's go to our sleepers for this week, beginning with Scott Fish. Who you who are you unveiling? Let's just stick with what we're talking about because my guy is Elijah Moore. <laughs> who I think I think is paired up with a I did not mean to do that. Ascending quarterback <laughs> and ascending offense <laughs> has been lighting up camp. He had he had a slight injury for a little bit and then he came back and lighting up camp again. Um, that quad injury didn't slow him down. And really, who's going to catch passes there? It's mm-hmm. going to be Corey Davis, and it's going to be Elijah Moore in a lot of negative What about Jamison Crowder? Did my Shut worry up. is that Jamison Crowder is a slot guy, and Elijah Moore is a slot guy. So yeah. that is that's why I've been that's why I've been lukewarm on Elijah, Elijah Moore. Do you been, not share he's, that? He's been playing all over so far. Has he? Yep. I need him to play outside, and obviously Corey Davis plays outside, so I'm not worried about that part. I assume at some point Denzel Mims will play outside. I just Den- that's, I don't know. Just, Denzel Mims stays on yeah, the well, team. He's like, he's like he's like way behind in the pecking order now. My sleeper this week is Will Fuller, the player nobody wants, slumping to wide receiver 51 Not in, a in average though. draft position. <laughs> well, probably not. He's out week one uh, with the PE. He he's out week so. <laughs> one. He's still out week one. He's going off the board in round 12, wide receiver 51. How come? Well, there's injury history, and a couple of weeks ago, he did have his foot foot injury dinged up, but he's returned to practice. He's got the week one suspension stemming from last year's PED bust. But let's just rewind the clock to last year. It's week 12, right before the PED bust happens. Will Fuller is wide receiver 10 yeah. when his season ends. 10. He's ahead of Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Adam Thielen. It was finally the year. It was finally the year. But right? now you say it's this Fuller. year. Well, no. Look, just okay. wide receiver 51. Yeah. He was, again, he was wide receiver 10 last year. Now, he had scored eight times in 11 games. He led the NFL in yards per target last year. And Jose Canseco was a great baseball player, too, when he was <laughs> <juicing>. <laughs> when he was <laughs> right. 
I, I'd like to think that's not a factor here. Now, he does get a downgraded quarterback from Deshaun Watson to Tua, but nevertheless, Tua probably gets better in year two. Jalen Waddle probably needs a full year before he's a major threat. The Miami running game is middling, as we've talked about before. And for a guy who was tarnished by the injury-prone tag, Fuller didn't miss a game last year with injury. He missed the games eventually with the PED suspension, but he had played the full season to that point. I just think wide receiver 51 and round 12 is just yeah. too late for Will Fuller. Brian, who is your sleeper this week? You know I love me some tight ends, and I got I to gotta pump uh, Donald Parham, mm, the tight end for yes. the uh, San Diego, or I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Now, technically, the backup tight end to Jared Cook, who was uh, acquired by the Chargers in the offseason, but... Reports out of camp are they're utilizing Cook and Parham on the, the field at the same time. And Parham's kind of getting the poor man's Kyle Pitts usage where they're lining him up on the outside uh, and in the slot uh, primarily within the inside the 20-yard line. And speaking of injury-prone, Mike Williams never stays healthy yeah. for the Chargers. Yeah. Keenan Allen, I'm not wishing misses anything a, bad on these no, guys. He misses either. a game or two. Misses a game or two. And he also lied to us about whether or not we could start him in our fantasy leagues. And Donald Parham on the up and he's an up and coming star, ex, former XFL star, mm-hmm. six foot eight. Yeah, which like, is nuts. I, how do you cover that in the end zone? Yeah. He Justin Airbear is going to be looking Donald Parham's way uh, more often than not, or more, more often than you think uh, this year. So he's a, a deep. Sleeper that's gonna he's gonna bubble up to the top. Okay, later. Keenan well, Allen's only missed two games in the last four years. It feels like more. It, feels, it does feel like it feels more. like way he, more. He enters he's a lot, always he enters a lot of weekends questionable. He's always yeah. on the injury report though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's we're probably. all trying to find Chargers with value, right? Because we, we mm-hmm. all want Chargers. We all want to be part of this offense. Well, I had yep, Tyron Johnson a, last week was my sleeper. There's one guy nobody's talking about, Michael Badgley. And I know we almost never talk kickers. kickers. Yeah. Sure. Michael Badgley, who was he was wildly inaccurate. He missed he two years ago he didn't finish the season. He got hurt. And then this last year, twenty twenty, he was inaccurate. But he's pretty much wrapped up that competition there yep. to stay. He might be somebody in kicker leagues that you wanna, yeah. you know, if you're trying to you want a piece of the Chargers, you don't have to pay the heavy price that they're all going for right now. Mm-hmm. That might be a guy you could consider. Uh If you'd like to try a guillotine league, please do. GuillotineLeagues.com. We've got all kinds of leagues available for you to peruse and learn about the hottest new format in fantasy football. We will be back next week with more Fantasy Football Weekly in the heart of draft season. Talk to you then, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.